This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to the Book of Bonnick, our Book of Boba Fett recap show. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. And with us today, we have our fellow Bonnicks, Norhal. Hello there. Maggie. Hello. And joining us is our special guest, Silver. Hi. So we are discussing episodes two and three of the Book of Boba Fett today. So episode two, the tribes of Tatooine, and episode three, the streets of Mos Espa. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of it, because I know there are a lot of thoughts, both positive and negative, thirsty and not thirsty, overall impressions of these two episodes, which I think pair together very naturally, if not quote unquote nicely. I don't know if that's the right... <laughs> thing, Arzu, because I really enjoyed two, while three, I was let down. Mm. No, I like I, if I, we were just talking about episode two, I would be like, "This is the best episode ever." Yeah. We're just gonna talk about how great everything is, and then we get to. But they do technically fit together because yeah. of the way that it follows through with the very bad arc that was unfortunately set up in two, and it continues the main current storyline plot through so they do fit together very well it's all like the same day it feels like yeah series is like a, a two days it's like boba's <laughs> most terrible long no good very bad not good, very bad day <laughs> very bad day <laughs> finish it off with brunch so you know that's just a mm-hmm. sign that a following day so there's brunch yeah. involved yeah. or it could be midday they could they could do second breakfast. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. True. And 11 C's and yeah. 11 C's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you enjoy the trappings of your job. You just have an ornate brunch spread for yep. all six meals of the day. Yeah. I mean, that joy you... seemed like it was like just ready to go back to the kitchen to do more. <laughs> and they didn't yeah. even invite their new adopted kids. Yeah. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> <laughs> the, kids, the kids are all finishing their chores around the house and then yeah. they're just going to come lay waste to that table. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. First come, first serve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we kind of brought it up off the top. So let's just address the Bantha in the room. The Tuscans. Thanks, Bantha. So we went from an <sighs> epic high mm-hmm. to a not unexpected, but a very unfortunate low when yeah. it came to the storyline with the Tuscans. Like, so just brief summary, if you're listening, you've, Guaranteed already seen this, but we have episode two, which is setting up this sort of arc of Boba living with the Tuscans and sort of becoming like a part of the tribe and sort of becoming a part of the culture and all of that. And then I think we all kind of saw it coming that things mm-hmm. don't ever last. It was too much of a good thing. And sure yeah. enough, in the only flashback scene in the next episode, the village is completely burnt to the ground with everybody dead except Boba while he's out of town. So now putting him on a revenge quest, which was not the impression I'd gotten Mm -mm. prior to this. So let's, let's have thoughts on, on this. I'm just going to quote director Kranich from Rogue One saying that we were on the verge of greatness. We were this close because episode two talking about the Tuscans. I mean, from the, original trilogy, how we met the Sand mm. People, the Tuscan Raiders, and the prequel treatment, 
Now, both the Mandalorian and here in Boba Fett, we had this opportunity, this great opportunity to portray them and, and see how Boba became part of that tribe. And episode two was fantastic, in my opinion. But then episode three, like Candace said correctly, it was a letdown in that sense with the only flashback and the treatment, like like you said, how that story came like good things never last in that way so mm -hmm. yeah it was very startling too because that flashback of you know him coming back and then the village and then just to be like abruptly interrupted by the next scene it was just like you almost had no time to like really mourn yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I felt yeah. um, and so that I for me that really I don't know that kind of really bothered me a little bit um, I don't know if it was like a tone decision but yeah i agree i mean um the second chapter was just so emotionally and, and arzu you're on my you're on my channel when we discussed chapter two and i think we kind of felt like oh this is you know we felt like something was going to happen um i did not think it was that soon <laughs> as far as like yeah. the next chapter yeah. and um again i just felt like the tone just like how abrupt and just startled like I was startled <laughs> um and I just really didn't get to have like a chance to mourn um this village this tribe that we've really come to be really emotionally attached to um but I don't know I guess like we'll see um but yeah just being on a high high and then just a very low the next chapter in, in regards to the Tuscans was um just again I was just really just startled if that's the right way to describe it just like how like you know i just it was just so abrupt i guess um I, yeah i i agree now that you mentioned it we launch into the next scene which is a fight scene yeah and then we have a brief lull with the breakfast table and then we're back to in town chase scene whatever and we don't ever revisit this i mean mm -hmm. obviously we still could yeah. next time but mm -hmm. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't have enough space to land. Uh, mm -hmm. Candace, yeah. Maggie. Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming, but I was like, kind of like half hoping that they were going to subvert our expectations of having um, the Tuscans be killed. Like, I had hoped something else had happened. Like, Boba saw his armor, and like the Tuscans were like, "You need to leave us now. You need to go reclaim your past." To fulfill your future some kind something like that i was like maybe like we're not going to do this overused trope over and over again and we're going to do something new but there we had it and it was just like it was yeah. like a shrug tamara yeah. he he handled the scene great mm -hmm. he, he mm -hmm. has no words but his face the expressions and everything was wonderful but like it didn't need more like silver was saying like it was very quick yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of the issues is is that Star Wars is really good at borrowing from other mediums. Uh, we've seen time and time again in these three episodes how much they borrow from westerns, like almost directly from some of the most yeah. classic westerns. And that is really good in principle because you can reuse themes and tropes and you can build on things. And I think the issue is is that when you have just John Favreau in the writers' room, he yes. knows how to pull from something, but he doesn't know how to build on it. 
And I think the, the best way to take inspiration from something or to borrow from very familiar tropes is that you take them and then do something new with them and something different and something fresh and something compelling. And he stops just shy of greatness every single time and just creates a carbon copy of the things that he loves. And I, I just wish there was another voice that could balance it out. And, you know, I had a lot of hope that Robert Rodriguez would be that voice because he's always been fairly good at representation and kind of bringing that balance. And I guess being the executive producer and the director of, I guess, two episodes isn't quite enough to, you know, worm your way into the writer's room and take the pen away from John Favreau for an episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Gosh. But, you know, <laughs> might be controversial to say this and maybe a little negative and I'll, I'll own that. Um, but it does not give me any hope for Dave Filoni's episode co-written with John Favreau. Yeah. Because they, they are not capable of coming up with new mm -hmm. stuff. They just recycle and... Sometimes mm -hmm. reduce, reuse, recycle is not good. <laughs> yeah. They do, like, I'm not going to say, like, one thing and that they can only do one thing, but what John They're and Dave do, funny. they do one well funny, what yeah. they do. Yeah. But they don't do enough different things to mm -hmm. justify having the entire story be in their hands when you are trying to push it in a new direction. Like, having the first episode be... I'm not saying this is a negative, but having the first episode be so slow and so thoughtful and so like almost like m more mature than another Star Wars show. I'm like, okay, we're pushing this in a different direction. This is a more like a more slow burn Star Wars story. But, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. But then by just kind of reverting back to familiar visuals, familiar tropes, not even from like Westerns, from other Star Wars things, like seeing the yeah. smoke on the horizon and racing. I'm like, if that's not Luke in A New Hope, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> And they also are borrowing so much from Solo, which I think is mm -hmm. kind of hilarious <laughs> because it is, yeah. I feel like universally not beloved. Um, like, yeah. it is maybe the film that, like, brings Star Wars fans together with, like, <laughs> divided feelings. And so it's so interesting for them to be like, what's the Star Wars that a lot of people don't like? Oh, we're going to pull everything from Solo and some Westerns <laughs> and nothing new. <laughs> I would I wouldn't say like um John Favreau like doesn't take like doesn't do other things, but like in Star Wars he's been very repetitive. And mm -hmm. I'm not understanding like after two seasons of Mandalorian why they are like playing it safe. Mm -hmm. It's almost too safe because even the Mandalorian has other writers. Like Yeah. Well, well oh uh, yeah, bare, but at least like once barely. in a while somebody else will write something. Mm. But I just, I don't get, like, why they didn't feel like they could do something a little bit different with this one since, like, The Mandalorian is such a hit and it's made so much money and it's very popular. It's just, I don't know. I don't it's almost it. like they're afraid of losing yeah. what made that popular, but they're not realizing mm -hmm. that by, like, just making it sort of the same, the same song on. in a different key than, not even that different a key, really, that no. they're not keeping an audience they're kind of making the audience now question it mm -hmm. and i think the thing is is that like john favreau is a very very good storyteller mm -hmm. like i will not knock yes. him for that but he is not a very good writer and yeah. very one note very one-dimensional it, it it doesn't really like we get some good character stuff but all of the good character stuff that we've gotten i think is because of tomorrow morrison and Mina. Like mm -hmm. yes. they're the ones bringing in that character development. The text is not really there. And I always go back to think about the tragedy 
and where Robert Rodriguez was like, this is a 17 page script and it's like a 40 minute episode. Yeah. And that to me, knowing that like, it's supposed to be a page per minute. <laughs> he built on what they gave him. Yes. And that tells me that Robert brought everything else to the table because the script yes. was so bare bones. And I just, I would like to get my hands on like all of the scripts for the yeah. Mandalorian and for the book of Boba Fett. So I'm like, what are you writing, John? Because it's not working. Like somebody needs yeah. to tell him like add a little bit more, add a little spice, just more, just for a treat. <laughs> fighting continues and more fighting. Yes. So honestly, explodes. that's all we can do. Like yes. stormtroopers <laughs> arrive, they fight yeah. and then you can do whatever you want with yeah. that. I agree. Up for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, oh God, I was going to say something about John Favreau and it just went out of my head. It's gone. <laughs> gone forever. <sighs> okay. It's it's never coming back. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So anything anybody want to add? Re-Tuscan Raiders? We can come back to it, but just. Just one thing. Uh, I, I have a slight hope that when the scene uh, when he came back and we saw the death uh, Tuscan Riders, we didn't see the like the mm-hmm. badass fighter there. So I have light hope that there yeah. were some survivors, but uh, not not really. They sh- yeah, they showed us the chief. They didn't show us the the child um, or the warrior. So hopefully, some got away. Didn't he have the child's weapon in his hand? Yeah, he had the child's staff. The weapon, but we didn't see the kid. But the warrior, yeah, we didn't see the kid and the warrior. And that could just be that they didn't want to show us for it. Or they didn't even make the props for it. And they, you know, the body bags, they were just like, ah, nobody's going to care. I just assumed with the the kid that they didn't want to show us, like a dead child. Dead kid. Oh, my gosh. It's a little much for three in the morning. Yeah. I know. I know. It was way too much in the morning. And, And it could also be like unfortunately to like think the worst of it that they thought that we wouldn't care that much so they yeah. didn't even think months ago that we yeah. wanted to see that i know yeah, they You're... just show us the the chief because the jewelry sticks out and then yeah. we, we would know that it's the same group mm-hmm. yeah and the Probably. staff like the, the two things that we would recognize they might have not even thought we'd care yeah yeah and Probably and that's right. contradictory because um in episode two, we got this a lot of exposition with the Tuscan Raiders and how uh, Boba steals the speeders and teach them how to ride. And so it was a, a, some moments that we spent with this character. So we kind of got in, invested on them. So it's, and yeah, it's kind of that, that doesn't make sense is because we got yeah. all of this scene building of Boba getting them the equipment they needed to fight back and then they're killed off screen unceremoniously immediately after getting that without any follow through on that like that plot just got dropped like a hot potato so bizarre and then like the conversation that he has with the chief in episode two where where the chief is saying you know we can't fight back they have machines and he's like well now you do too I think it's like Silver was saying like I thought if it's going to happen, it's going to happen later in the season. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're so going true. to see like, like a few episodes of them using the machinery, fighting back. Maybe the people yeah. of Tatooine think that now they're too much of a threat. And now it becomes like a whole mm-hmm. concentrated thing against the Tuscans. Like, still not great, but you grant them a bit of agency more... before you kill them off kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. They would have had more agency. Yeah, like you said in, the, in their uh, review after that, at least give us a scene that they're 
facing the this exactly exactly and i think um some of us also thought like they were the same tuscans that were and um could possibly be in the beginning of season two of the mandalorian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or hoping you know or hoping but yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of things <laughs> yeah that's the thing like we didn't even get to see them at least like fight back or like any you know anything we saw a completely like just how amazing they were in the second chapter you know just really just doing whatever they can and keeping their dignity intact and then you just yes what like not even you're not even going to give them a a, what 30 seconds of a scene or anything of them like trying to fight back and protect their home and themselves I don't know again I just felt like it was just a weird I don't know just that tone for me just the tone really just didn't sit well like they were just I mean slaughtered (laughs) yeah it implies that like they only had that ability with the boba there yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the second he left they yeah were defenseless yeah, exactly though, which like yeah they're pretty that's, able that's warriors like not true. without boba yeah, yeah. Wow. especially where we were le- left on episode two where they were dan- doing this ceremonial yeah. fi- dance mm-hmm. fight and at the end that it, personally i thought it was a really nice Mm-hmm. end of the episode with the, the music and oh, so the good. choreography was so good. Yeah. I mean, they spent the whole time training him, you know? Like, yes. Yeah. 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 They fumbled the bag so much. I think it, I think it kind of goes back, unfortunately, to, like, bummer point to make, but I think it goes back to what Maggie was saying about, like, I don't think they thought we'd care mm-hmm. about That's- the Tuscans individually. Like, I think they thought we would care in as much as it affects Boba. Like he yeah. is yeah. sad and therefore we're sad, but we're we're sad like on our own merit because mm-hmm. one, because we got attached, and two, because like a lot of a lot of groups that like I heard speaking after chapter two, like saw some aspect of their culture and there was yeah. big like yes. obviously they borrow so much from like indigenous cultures. There's a lot mm-hmm. from like Bedouin, Mid- Middle Eastern cultures, like all of that is in there. And then LOL JK. Yeah. Yeah, so, I was talking much. to Arzi on her DMs. I was like, is there some kind of like a little bit of like a power fantasy trip for like anybody who's been like ancestors were colonized and just been like, yeah, take it back, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, like, like how I personally felt. I was like, yeah, screw the British, you know, <laughs> like fight back kind of thing. Because, you know, you grow up hearing all the stories about what happened to your family years yeah. ago and things yeah. like that. And you're just like oh, it would have been great if they could have done this, this, and this, but they were helpless. Mm-mm. And then we get to episode three. They're like, um, fantasy's over. Yes. Reality. Oh, we knew it. Yeah, That's we knew it. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to try to segue this in a less abrupt tonal shift than Black Chrysanthemum <laughs> waking you up in the middle of your back to tank. Wake me up. But <laughs> so... Tying this forward then to Boba in the present day, not necessarily with Black Chrysanthemum, but we will come to that. But Boba in the present day in the general sense. I think, Maggie, you're the one who made this point um, in your review where three episodes in, you're not entirely sure what Boba is motivated by. Mm-hmm. And I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree. I get that he is in the seat of power and would like to retain it. What I don't understand is why he wanted the seat of power in the first place. Mm-hmm. So... 
Yeah. And I, I feel bad being like, we don't know what his like motivations are three episodes in. And like, I feel like people would be like, just wait and see, which drives me crazy. Uh, you should have some idea of the character's motivations from the very first episode. You shouldn't have to wait and see three episodes in and still be wondering. But every single thing that he does, he seems so lackadaisical about it. And it just makes me want to be like, but why? Like, why is he more inclined to, like, hang out with his dog? Like, the 88 comes down there. It's like, hey, some stuff's going on. And he's like, go away. I'm, I'm petting a rainbow. No, no, no. I'm busy. Alone. I'm busy. Maggie, he never had a childhood. He just wanted a pet. I, mean, I think all the dog owners are like, no, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing right now, literally? He could have done all of this if he and Finnick had just got on the fire spray and gone somewhere nice and comfortable. Like, why... Why does he want to take over? I mean, his former employer's throne, like, place. yeah, like I'm sure he's worked for a lot of bad guys. Why doesn't he go like take over somebody else's? And, like, I just want to know the character motivation because I think it will help fill in some of the. It's it's kind of like you're you've got three episodes, three pages of a coloring book, and you've only got like a few crayons, and like the colors are not all filled in, and like you just you don't know like what the picture is supposed to be because there's not enough of that motivation and motivation is so important like i i'm sure tim was probably wondering what my motivation is and like you don't have to have like tim and ming now like sit down in the throne room and he's like okay fennec here's the deal and then like spell out his reason no him. that is not necessary show but... me you don't have to tell me show me yeah, like, and tell. it can even change throughout the season like we think it's this but oh actually it's this and like mm -hmm. but we have a sense of or at least we think we have a sense of what is driving boba mm -hmm. and i think coming out of episode three we're like okay i guess it's revenge again which was his mm -hmm. plot in the clone wars um yeah but even then it's the most but land he, revenge i've seen yet but yeah but even then like we didn't we didn't we spent a ton of time with the tuscans relatively speaking but we didn't even spend that much time with them so yeah. why would Boba take over the crime lordship of an entire planet for for this tribe? Like when Moss Espa is not the only bad part of Tatooine, like why didn't he take over Moss Eisley, which is like <laughs> yeah, right literally there. not even the worst part of this planet? Like I know. <laughs> for once we are seeing that Tatooine is not just one place. Yeah. It is but it's it's still very connected. But Yeah. You mean it's just not the Lars homestead? Oh no. man, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Tashi stations there. Yeah. The Tashi stations. Anchorhead, yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel bad being like I just want to know his motivation. It makes yeah. it will help all of us, and I think it will also help the people who aren't enjoying it. And I'm not talking about the people who aren't enjoying it because it's not the Boba Fett that they imagined. It, like the casual viewers who have mm -hmm. really no idea who Boba Fett is and they still have no idea who Boba Fett is because yeah. there's no like drive, at least with the Mandalorian. Like even though we didn't know who Den was really until the finale, mm -hmm. we had a, a fairly good indication of who he was as a person because like we knew mm -hmm. Like he wanted to be a really good bounty hunter and he was really dedicated to bringing home money for uh, the Enclave. And then the child became his new drive and he had the motivation of yeah. find the child's yes. people and like he very clearly stated and shown what his motivators were. And I think yeah. that's why for the general audience, why it's not connecting because you, you can't pinpoint why he's doing this. It's kind of a wild goose chase. Like, oh, this person's the bad guy. Oh, just kidding. This person isn't the bad guy. It's actually the mayor. Actually, it's not the mayor. It's the Pikes. Actually, it's the job of the... Like, it's too much. Who is it? 
inquisitive. Yeah, and and you're mentioning for a general audience, but not even like the ones that we've been reading canon material and stuff. And agree, I, I, again, you should not rely on additional material to understand yes. this series. But even if I've re been reading the War of the Bounty Hunters, can sort of understand, but it's not even that clear, right? So I think no. it's, it's uh, yeah, that's that's something that we've been missing so far in these three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Silver, thoughts? Yeah, no, for sure. I agree because someone like my mom who will catch it, she's kind of already like kind of checked out where wow. the Mandalorian she wasn't. And um, it's true. Like what, like what is your, what's your big motivation? There's so many maybe bad guys of who we should, you know, focus on, but still that's just, that's kind of messy also. Um, I don't know. I, I did kind of notice something when chapter, well, in chapter three, when he meets the, the bike gang and um, I did see like, you know, he was not okay with them being taken advantage of and stuff. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that was kind of something that really, you know, that stuck out to me that maybe he's trying to change things around just because he does not like, you know, people being taken advantage of because it just seemed he was really pissed off that they were getting charged all this water um, for all this water and stuff. So maybe, I don't know, but still like there's no clear motivation. Um, it's, like, <laughs> it's all inferred. You're like, yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. It's like who, who's, even then I find myself, first of all, maybe I shouldn't be watching it really early in the morning, but I'll be like at the end of the episode, I'm like, wait, who's 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 the bad guy? <laughs> so but, I um, love that you mentioned your mom because I watch with my mom as well. And she yeah. was so hooked on The Mandalorian. And on this, she's like, you can watch it before I get up. That's fine. Like yeah. she used to make me wait to watch it with her for Mando. And now she's like, I'll catch it on your second viewing. It's whatever. Yeah, I, I'm watched, getting that way with a, even just like my friends who casually watch it. They're just not even keeping up. And I'm just like, oh, OK. Yeah, I, I watch this show with um, with my parents and they will watch it with me. And then yeah. they um, and then they ask me when the Mandalorian is coming back. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is what I'm wondering now with, with somebody like John Favreau writing John Favreau, famous fanboy, um, whether we are running into that Boba Fett problem again that Robert Rodriguez kind of got around of around in the tragedy by being like, no, no, no. Let me show you why I think Boba Fett is cool. I'm wondering if with Jon Favreau, we're running into that problem of him being like, well, we all know what Boba Fett's like. So let's just yeah. operate on that uh, assumption. But that's exactly like, what I, think. I don't, I did never read legends. I don't know what that yeah. Boba Fett is <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. And so putting that aside, I certainly don't know what the Boba Fett and Jon Favreau's head is like. All I know is <laughs> the Boba Fett we've seen in canon. So this like has shades of that Boba Fett. It's the same performer. It's the same general gist, but it's like, you need to bring us along on this ride, John, whatever ride you're on in your head, like mm -hmm. open the door and let everybody else in the car. Like, and I think that's because he's so like, I don't want to say like sparse, but he is with his dialogue. There's so, it's such a quiet show. Like people are not communicating. Yeah. And that's, you need a little dialogue to like yeah. propel the mm -hmm. story and like people need to talk about things. And I don't know how they made it work so well with the Mandalorian because Din is like alone for so long, not really communicating. And yet when you have people without helmets on, 
that are like right there. Yeah. AD8 has the most dialogue in the show. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, know. Know. I really appreciated AD8 yeah. putting the map out at the beginning Thank of you. chapter yeah. three yeah. and being like, okay. Yeah, this is this person's territory, and this I'm like, you know what? I get that. Thank you. These two have been here for a couple of weeks. It's completely redundant for them, but I appreciate it. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like, yes. I did like how they framed that as like completely new information for Boba and Finnick. Like nobody thought like two weeks ago when we <laughs> took over to like ask who was in charge. Yeah. This is why they're struggling. They yeah. Didn't ask. Yeah, they keep shooting their shot and they're missing badly. <laughs> it's because they were too busy doing doing yeah. something. Let's just test each room out, you know, make sure everything is uh <laughs> see which room has the best view um first yeah. thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, so with Boba not entirely knowing what he's doing and not entirely <laughs> knowing what I mean, us not entirely knowing who the prime antagonists are, we have the twins, Jabba the Hutt's cousins, introduced in episode two. And then episode three, they're like, actually, never mind. Yeah. So, so they weird. take off. So this is not silver. Like I was telling you last week, what I thought was going to turn into some kind of hut war. That's obviously not what's you, happening anymore. It's the cousin from House of Gucci. The cousin that no one, they don't take this hut, they don't take this hut family seriously. They just want to go make twins. their design. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like the joke of the family. <laughs> So with the, I I guess, like, can we, we don't have to come to a consensus, but can we sort of maybe, do you agree with my assessment that the Pikes slash potentially Crimson Dawn, but that might be wishful yes. thinking, is the ones bankrolling all of this? Like, it's the Pikes, the Huts, the Mayor, and I feel like there's one more, like, sketchy player in town, and I'm forgetting who it Flip. is. Flip, Right. Because she's definitely knows more of what's going on than she's oh, right. letting on. And then we also have what the Trandoshans and the Aqualish, which mm -hmm. we now know from the trailer, the Trandoshans and the Aqualish are there at the dining table with Bobo when mm -hmm. he's like, yeah. we're all going to work together. So clearly they're all going to uh -huh. like. But there are no pikes at the dining up. table. No pikes. No, because no, no the pikes. pikes are not involved. Okay. Yeah. So. No, the pikes are who they're going to battle against. I yeah. Think. They're going to war, yeah. right? They're going to war, yeah. And yeah. again, to go off what Norhal was saying, like the supplemental materials that we have recently received, uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters, the Pikes tried to bid on Han Solo's carbonated form. Uh, so they have recently been, you know, brought to the forefront of big players and also kind of afraid of Kira. Uh, which, you know, I just... I, I really want it to be connected to our Crimson Rain comic that's running right now. Yeah, uh, It would make the most sense. And I just, I know the pikes are big and scary and like, they're not because they look like catfish with yeah. human bodies. Yeah. Okay, so I wish they had made the pikes look more like they did in the cartoon because yeah. it took me a hot minute to realize that these were the pikes. I was like, is this like the pike's cousins? Yeah, I was confused. Pikes. I was like, what are these? Pikes. Yeah, they just look like catfish. Yeah, it's just not a very interesting choice. <laughs> they're not intimidating, and they're no, very they're like not. they're lounging around in pretty robes, and like <laughs> even when they're fighting, they're not really scary. And I'm like, half the galaxy is afraid of these. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. afraid of their money. I don't know. 
But it makes me wonder who's bankrolling them. Like somebody bigger has to have scared the huts oh, away. Because yeah. yeah. I can't picture the huts being like, oh, the pikes. <laughs> like, that. like the huts can't just like flick them out of the way. Yeah. 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 Like six times bigger than them. Yeah, yeah. I'm like not misremembering this, right? Like in, in the Clone Wars, the pikes are quite tall. Like, no. yeah. It's all their helmet. Yeah. It's the yeah. helmets that make yes. them look tall. And yeah. even Ahsoka's like afraid of them. Ahsoka would not be afraid. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these guys. She's no. like, okay. Even like, not even like present day Ahsoka, like teenage Ahsoka would teenage not be Ahsoka, worried. Yeah. No. Our last, we didn't see any of Flip this week, and no. I missed her. I don't know if it's just because I like the character and I like her cantina, but my inclination is to think that she's just like, you know what? Whoever is making sure I can run my business, yes, I'll just, I'll just vibe in that direction, like. Not evil, but the last of these sort of threats to Boba that we have in these two episodes is our boy, the Wookiee of the hour. Oh, <laughs> Black Chrysanthemum. I can see e Candace. She's already afraid. <laughs> <laughs> OBK. Okay. So, were is anybody else like familiar with the character prior to the episode? Because I had to be reminded. Yes. 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 I caught up. Uh, after after the fact okay yeah but maggie and norhal beforehand yes so thoughts on Vader. his inclusion and immediate disappearance um the only like minor not a complaint but just like a uh huh uh the fact that they acted like so in the first introduction of him boba fett makes a reference to something that happened in the comics the shooting the guy the gladiator that whole line he makes this reference and then when he sends him on his way, it seems like they've never met each other before. And they, like, yeah. knew each other in other medium, like, had been employed by similar people, like, ran in the same circles. And the fact that it seemed like they didn't. They didn't know each yeah. other. I was like, yeah. Like, I don't know her. Like, I don't know. This Maybe guy. they just felt awkward they've after the underwear fight. Before, really. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's got a life debt with a Wookiee. Like oh, even the, well, BK well. was kind of kicked out of the whole the Wookiee land. <laughs> so. Land, so did anybody maybe not when he ran but... away? It was like really funny when he like ran off. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, was, like, I'm exit this way. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. That exit like <laughs> that that <laughs> literally looked like like all right, I have to get out of the shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> Very confusing. Do you know where you're going? <laughs> Yeah. I know. Yeah. I I was very confused like how it just seemed like they just didn't like really acknowledge that they had some history with each other. <laughs> yeah. Just I maintain so it was the back to fight that made everything awkward between them. <laughs> They're all damn. Oh yeah. You just can't look yeah, each other that in the was... eye anymore. There's a lot going on in that that scene, but <laughs> Oh yeah. It's pig yeah. squealing everywhere. It was just chaos. <laughs> All the teenagers come running in. The teenagers are running in. Ah, I mean, it, where the hell yeah. is Finnick? That's what I want to know. Exactly. That was my big question. Up. Like, where are you? <laughs> I want to know where everybody was. Where were the Gamorrean yeah. guards? Where were the kids? Where was. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone was What's just like, why the security situation? That's like, it took a while for people but to. There clearly yeah. isn't one. Yeah. 
And like, like Finnick was like fully dressed in the middle of the night and just like yeah. ready to go. Well, so were the kids. They were all in their same leather vests and shiny red pants. Yeah. I figure just like Star Wars people don't usually have that many outfits. Yeah. Unless you're Padme. Unless you're Padme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like cartoon characters yeah, yeah. who just have the same outfit. I think yeah. Ezra no. had pajamas. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, and how long was he standing over him, watching him in the back to tank? Like, also, how the hell did this terrifying dog, seven foot Wookie, just climb into this palace? Like, did he climb over a wall? Is there an underground tunnel? Like, it's just he walked very in the front door. He just walked in the front yeah, door. Yeah, he walked in the front well, door. What I'm thinking he's, is he's been there before. <laughs> We've got a couple droids working in the kitchen. We've got the two Gamorrean guards, the five teenagers, and Fennec. <laughs> In, and that those are and Boba obviously, but those are the only people in the palace. Yeah, like there's nobody else there. So if everybody is in like this wing, BK just comes in the other way, and yeah. that's it. That's all he needed. Yeah, but <laughs> they should probably hire more people if Wookies are just busting in. Yeah, and breaking yeah. into back to tanks. Update their ring alarm system or something because those. So wild. <laughs> Even so Jabba wild. had a little security camera. Like that's what I'm saying. Jabba also oh, had yeah. 20 people sleeping in his living room. So always <laughs> <laughs> invest in people good. sleeping in the living room. I know. <laughs> yeah, I he may like... have the little chimes that Leia hit yeah. on the, <laughs> on the, kept the it, chimes. Yeah, he kept it locked. He had it locked down. So <laughs> I do like this is such a petty thing to think about and like such a nitty gritty thing. But does anybody else feel like we don't really have a concept of space in Jabba's palace, considering that this is like where we spend half the show? I agree. Does it yeah. bother anybody else? Am I the only one who's bothered by this? Like, because we haven't left anywhere, like Alf Planet, maybe? It, it's because we, like, Just... if it's not in the back of the room, it's in the throne room. Like, do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I feel like we even the banquet table was in the throne Got room. You. Yeah. I feel like actually like because we show them like exiting when they meet the twins and going outside. And as someone who's played Battlefront a heck of a lot in one of the <laughs> locations, this Jabba's Palace, I feel like I do see those areas that have been mapped out. I know Jabba's yeah. Palace way too well. It's kind of weird. Um yeah. I have I have protected and I have attacked it. <laughs> but you yeah, like, show more of the palace, maybe. Yeah, like it's just like with sets and stuff like that. But yeah, like yeah, I understand the practical consideration, but I feel like if we had a better sense of what the palace was like, then we wouldn't be wondering how Black Crescenton got in because we'd be like, oh, he came in through the other door. But yeah, that true. could just that could just be me. So last big point I want to touch on. We've mentioned them a few times. The biker gang. I love them That's so much. They are my babies. I know. I was a fan. Don't know what the big fuss is, but I was a fan. I like it. I mean, <laughs> I chill with them. <laughs> I, I laugh at this. With my life. I know. Yeah. I laughed at this at this uh, comment that there were people were commenting why they were stealing water, but they had money to pay for this uh, cyber things. But it's like, hey, anybody <laughs> asking that question has forgotten what it's like to be a teenager exactly. and spending money on stupid shit. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You have clearly never run with teenagers who spend every ounce of their um, allowance buying the fancy car polish to polish their chrome every single time they get a speck of dirt 
<laughs> and also, who said they bought like the cybernetics? They probably stole stuff, sold oh, yeah. it, and the, well, the guy boy, with the guy said he paid a lot for it. Oh, okay, yeah, true. But he could have paid a lot in stolen merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have the whole head canon that Arzu and I came up with for the pretty boy Ooh, with yes, the the, the gray duster. Ooh, oh, who's, who's a rich boy? Uh, he just finished school. His parents think he's paying for rent. <laughs> <laughs> he's putting the bill for his pals because he's he like one of them is pretty he's like a trash and scad he's, yeah. he's, he's a tourist he's like trying to like do it like a culture or lifestyle tourist yeah where he can go back it's, gap year. It's, it's like mark and rent who can go back to his rich middle class parents anytime and just you know yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why he fell off his his uh vespa because he's not really actually like part of the <laughs> The hood rats. Yeah, he yeah. told them he knows how to ride a speeder, but he had never in his life been on a speeder. That was his first time, actually. That was his first, first day. <laughs> yes. No, actually, I was just thinking, like, with the head cannon and such, it would be fun if uh, this is situated, like, five years after Return of the Jedi. Am I mistaken? Yeah. It would be lovely if in the... Uh, from a certain point of view for the return of the Jedi, we had the story of like when they started maybe four, five years ago, we had the story of maybe uh, the name of the lady of the sanctuary just blanked out of my head. Drash. Or, or Drash. Oh, sanctuary. Garza, Garza yeah. Foot. I mean, any of them would be really cool to have all those connections with, mm -hmm. um, yeah. with those stories to have as a background. I want a story about the baby biker gang. I really yes. do. Yes. Oh, yes. Me too. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think like their aesthetic is a little bit, it's not what we think of as like a tattooing aesthetic, but yeah. it is very much a Star Wars aesthetic. And like the galaxy is a new place. Mm -hmm. They maybe necessarily didn't get their bikes on tattooing. They just moved there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's know. just like, Small town kids trying to emulate the big city. Yeah, there you go. Kind of thing. Exactly. Things they've yeah. seen in hollow movies or ho the hollow net. Yeah, you know they're like, this is what the cool kids do. Like, it feels very much like, oh, I wish I could leave this place. You know, that's I want to go to New York. Yeah, it's like it's like the kids in a small town who dress like the kids from the city. Yeah, yeah. Or it's not even like they dress what's like in the city. It's dress what they think. What they think you wear in the city. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. They think that people are driving these kind of Vespas and yeah. these colors mm -hmm. and these clothes, but they're like a bit off, you know? Yeah. I just thought like, look, the galaxy's in shambles right now. No one knows what they're doing. They're just a bunch of kids. They probably just jumped off and headed to a different planet and that's where they're chilling at. Like, I don't see... You know, it could be there could be so many, so many different scenarios as to who these cool kids are. But yeah, yeah. we don't know yet. Also, I, like the eighties aesthetic with them just works so well. Like if you <laughs> think about like, yeah, like all the rebels are in uniforms and the mm -hmm. OG trilogy, but they still have that late seventies, early eighties yeah. hair. Yeah. It's all still there. Yes, and you see the extras all the time. You know. You know, bigger. So yeah, it makes a lot more sense. And like yeah. they don't necessarily blend in with like 
the streets of Mos Espa, but mm-hmm. you put them in Jabba's palace, like next to Fennec and next to Boba, and they, they don't stick out as much. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. they're they're teenagers. They want to stick out. Yeah. Of yeah. They, no, I they mean have, like they pick me energy point of view, not like yes. a, oh, yeah, teenagers yeah. were cool, but like. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we're not supposed to think they they are cool. Like we, I think we're meant to think of them as like, oh, these kids kind of thing, outcasts yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, they're like they're, they're small town kids. kids. They want to feel like they're they could go to the big city at any moment, but they are trapped in a poor economy where they can't work their way out. Yeah. A reminder: Luke was ready to join the Empire just to get off of Tatooine. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants to stay on Tatooine, except yeah. apparently Boba and Fennec. But well, that's because they got they got a palace now. They got, <clears> got a yeah. love palace. They got their love palace. <laughs> good to go. Yes. All right. So final thoughts on this pair of episodes. I'm still hopeful about the rest of the series. I yeah. I want to see more um Boba with his rancor. Rancor. And uh, also, uh, does this mean yeah. that the animated special that was in the holiday special is now officially canon because he mentions like how he was writing he's wrote something bigger and it all makes us think of the dragon dinosaur in that animated special yeah it was the cutest dinosaur so i'll take it except she was so mean to that dinosaur (laughs) i know yeah it was cool it was um i liked having danny trejo as their oh, rancor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. gosh, my completely glossed over. Yes. Machete, yes. Yes. It's not a Robert Rodriguez production without Danny. Yeah, right. like, oh, I know who directed this episode. <laughs> I know, like, up yeah. until that point, I was like, this is definitely, like, the kids, I was like, this is definitely Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And, like, something else happened. I was like, yeah, this is definitely Robert Rodriguez. And then I see the Rancor, and I was like, this is that Danny Trejo. This is Robert Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I appreciate that something that Star Wars has had an issue with is letting directors do their thing. And unlike Marvel, that like allows. There, mm. There's one movie they let that. <laughs> you know, you, I'm, I'm thinking about. <laughs> if we think about Lord and Miller getting kicked off of Solo, um, we hear all these gossip about behind the scenes things and, you know. Because I'm like, if, if, JJ Abrams can have Greg Grunberg. Uh, Robert Rodriguez can have Danny Trejo. It's no, but like Greg it's Bob. also oh, like we were saying better, that better choice. That speeder chase was very Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. So you mean like letting them do their kind of like have their own their style. Their style. Their, 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 yeah, let yeah. them leave a mark. Let them be themselves. Yeah. Let yeah. them plenty, still be like themselves making a there's star. There's plenty Wars. of lens flares in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like. With the Gareth Edwards drama and the and the solo drama and all that kind of stuff, they've been you know let let them express themselves. If yeah, if you're gonna get a director like that, like if you're gonna get any director, really let them direct within reason. Yeah, within reason, of course. But like, I feel like Marvel has a really good handle of that. Yeah, there's still huge blockbusters that do fit into this large story, but they still like feel like a Taika Waititi film, if that's the film, a mm. Russo Brothers oh. film, a John Watts <gasps> film. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to that Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. Yeah, same. And that's why I'm like feeling more hopeful about it now. After this episode, especially, mm-hmm. is like okay, they're letting Robert be Robert. 
they're going to might let him be him. Yeah. Cross fingers. For for better or worse, here's hoping that 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 continues through the season. Like even just the little we have to break up the monotony of the writing somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And yeah, like note that our critiques with the episode were less were not direction based. They were all writing based cuz when writing you let based. a director do what they want to do, it shows. Yeah, and I said this on um, Maggie's Star Wars podcast, Outer Rim. I really hope, like, Robert really enjoyed, like, working with McNay and Tamara. And I, like, um, really hope that he'll, like, put them in the mood, some of his future movies. Yes. And, you know, just want to see them more all working together. Maybe Danny became best friends with them, too. And he's like, Robert, you got (laughs) to put them in there. Yeah. On that note, I didn't mention but i want more fennec time yes yeah, yeah. Please. Please. she's a, she's second build God, <laughs> i feel like we're not getting enough <laughs> what's happening anything with her like other than her sort of course correcting boba and being like no 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 like please remember you're in charge like other than that like you're the head of this family you're head of a family eat your food Go to your meeting, like give her. Give do her we think like the next do. episode is gonna be with Finnick, like the flashback of him finding Finnick, and maybe it that will help, be, right? Yes. I would hope either it's the flashback of him finding Finnick, or maybe not the next episode, but somewhere down the line. I want a flashback of Finnick, like from her point of view. Yeah. Like I don't want anything to happen to my girl. But maybe something <clears> happens <throat> to my girl, and she winds up in the back to tank, and now she's having back to dreams. Like. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that since it's the book of Boba Fett yeah. kind of thing. They will. Mm-hmm. I, let me dream. I just yeah. want to dream. Which I'm not going to get it. But I, I mean, think like we'll, we'll definitely see more of her, especially when the flashbacks correlate with her mm-hmm. yeah. in those episodes. At least that's yeah. what I'm hoping and thinking. Yeah. Like like you said, we'll she's see more of the build. dynamic. Because I do want to see the second build. Yeah. yeah. I really do want to see more of their dynamic and just just even more of them talking, you know, yeah. Yeah. together. Yeah, please. please. Let them talk. Let them kiss. All of yeah, that. Let yeah. them do all of that. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? Something like that. Oh, The Gamora guards of Timon and Pumbaa. Instead, oh of like, instead of riding the magic carpet, they're riding the rancor together. Oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my God. The whole new world. The whole new world. <laughs> Hey, don't worry about Favreau. Call us. We've got ideas. I know we have we ideas. Have ideas. They're <laughs> a little derivative, but they're not Star Wars derivative. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still, you know, pay homage. We're yeah, keeping right? it in the There's Disney. There's a rancor in there. Trust me. Yeah, the big like family. It. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, Silver, final thoughts. I mean, we're four. What? We have four more episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful to. Um. Again, I I felt like it was the first chapter. I was like, okay. Second one, I was like really in it, and then this third one kind of left me feeling like meh. So, um, gosh, I, I I mean, I'm really hopeful to see where we go. Um, yeah, and hopefully we get more of what his motivation is. Um, and see, gosh, I don't know, just you know, where we're going to go. But yeah, I agree. More Fennec, please. Because I'm looking at this book of Boba poster that I have, and she is right there front of center also. And I just haven't been really getting that. I'm not really getting that feeling. So 
Yeah, it was definitely like in the promotional like summary everywhere, but just release. It's like the legendary Boba Fett and Finnick Shan. Yeah, like it's Master all like ah, these yeah. two. Yeah. Even more, give us this connection. Now we're talking about connections with the Disney properties. Give us this connection with Mulan and have Boba mm -hmm. training Fennec and the kids with the gaffy stick. Like, the I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> any, any chance to bring that song back, please? Don't Just play the song. I don't care how they do it. To the pikes. The pipes. Sing it. Let them sing it in the sanctuary. I don't care. Bring that song back. Yeah, the karaoke. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, they're all like drunk at the end. Yes. Oh, yeah. In the palace. Show us a different room of the palace, though. Oh, yes. Because that droid, he turns into a karaoke machine, also. Oh, my gosh. That's a really good idea. Love it. I know. I have so many good ideas. We have so many great ideas. Come on. Call us Call us down. <laughs> Maggie, I guess I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to be like really predictable because I like was really hoping that it wouldn't be. Uh, and then episode three happened, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that next week is the Fennec Shand episode where he finds her because when he goes to Moss Eisley, they're putting the stormtrooper helmets up and you see Pelimoto. And I just feel like that was trying to be a visual clue that like gunslinger was happening at that point, uh, which would imply that yeah. Fennec was getting shot somewhere out on the sands by Tora Calican. And so like, I would love something to do with like his grief of losing the Tuscans and then him using that goodwill that they offered him to save Fennec and seeing all of that. And I'm going to be really mad if they don't ever show yeah. us Finnick. Like, if they just skip ahead and they're like, oh, look, Cobb Vanth has his outfit. Um, and we see that from his point of view. Because, of course, like, there's there's the space for um, him to see Cobb and Den interacting with the Tuscans and working together to defeat the Crate Dragon. That that might have been why he didn't go take the, the armor right then and there until he sees Mando haul off with the armor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, there's there's a lot of potential for some really good, like, character moments. And, like, <sighs> I don't want to get my hopes up because I had my hopes up for, like, the Bad Batch mm -hmm. and, like, the Rex and Echo moment and things like that that I really wanted to happen. And then they never happened. And so, like, I'm trying to, to temper my expectations because I sometimes feel like where fans see really good connection moments and, like, really profound, you know, character development moments that sometimes the people in the writer's room just go right over it they just right skip right past mm -hmm. so and forget their own canon they could forget their own canon and they forget yeah. why we care about the characters yes exactly yeah they're more than their action figures <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i think i think that's part of what it, and this is the point i wanted to make about john Favreau earlier that flew out of my head was i feel like part of his thing is he he knows what he wants to see with these characters, but I don't know that he is the best at nailing down what the characters need to have happen and what would like, not what the audience wants to see. Cause we all want to see different stuff. Maybe not mm -hmm. necessarily here, but generally speaking, but like what would best serve the character 
is sometimes not always put aside in favor of what would I like to see the character do. And I feel like that's, mm-hmm. that's where the disconnect comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it doesn't even occur to them. And it's not, what would I like to see them do? It's just, they don't even think, mm-hmm. what do they need? Yeah. But I'm going to echo everybody's sentiment to say I'm hopeful. That yeah. I'm hopeful. <laughs> they pull it around a little bit. We'll not be staying up till midnight for this next one. Just. Yeah. <laughs> this just, it was this became a, whenever I wake up show so fast. Yeah. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I wish I had that privilege. Of <laughs> 30 minutes? Really? After well, that. no, I wake up at 6 a.m., but I'm not getting up at 3. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, you did that for the premiere, didn't you? I did that for the premiere. Absolute and then, insanity. <laughs> and then went, yep, that was a one and done. And now I wake up at 6 and I just stay up. I completely yeah. threw my whole day off. Yeah. But, yeah, it would, it would be interesting. It hadn't even occurred to me that the flashback with the helmets and Pelimoto might be right around when the gunslinger happens. Because then that's like a four-year time jump ahead. Right. Yeah, for him to have been with the Tuscans that or, long, but he really needed more time with the Tuscans. Or it's just Star Wars being like, "Yeah, time, <laughs> yeah, time," <laughs> which we know they they love to do. Um, I just I know, I know I know that some people are like, "Well, maybe that's just like the when they put the helmets up." But from like a filmmaker point of view, that would be the best way to introduce the idea that time is moving along mm-hmm. and yeah. without being like five years later. Um, yeah. It's a visual cue. Just the, the combination yeah. of the helmets and Pelimoto walking by. Like, is she walking to go see Din at the... Like, yeah. The implication is there without, like, putting a yeah. neon sign. Yeah. It, like, grounds you a little bit. And, like, exactly. get your bearings. Like, okay, now I kind of know where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have so was. little faith that it didn't even occur to me that this is, like, visual cue for time has passed. And yeah. was more, like... Look, we're Easter egging our own things now. Like that's what it was. It's the new equivalent of they're wearing glasses now to show that time has passed. You know what? Another (laughs) good way to do that would have been would be to let the Tuscan kid get a little older. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and spend just a touch more time. Maybe that's why we didn't see them. They were bigger. (laughs) You know what? That's interesting. But we didn't see the kid because the kid and the warrior are like elsewhere and the kid is older that would be interesting yeah i hope so i'm still holding on all right so norhal could you tell everyone where they can find you online sure uh you can all find me on twitter at norhal uh there you can find my uh link three in my bio where um my channels my instagram is also at norhal i have my youtube channel and have some uh blogs where i post the uh, stuff so yeah please uh if you want to read anything about star wars marvel and random music trivia yeah come and follow maggie you can find me on twitter at maggie of the town i have a link tree in my bio with all of my various pursuits you can find me every wednesday on the hollywood critic association youtube channel hosting uh, our book of Boba Fett after show at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then I'm also doing reviews for the book of Boba Fett over at Collider. And I'm also over at Your Money Geek doing all sorts of other things like all over the place. Um, and then I just posted my first video of the new year over on Let's Talk About Star Wars, which is all of the stuff that I found at thrift stores and consignment shops in the last month. <laughs> and Silver, how about you? 
Uh, you can find me at uh, Star Wars Thrifting, where all Star Wars Thriftings are sold on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And also, I host a podcast with my friend Kat, where, and we're at Into the Garbage Shoot, where um, we're a really unhinged Star Wars podcast. It's just us uh, being buzzed off White Claws talking Star Wars. So please join us. Love that. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Arzuameen, and that's where you can get all your Space Waffles updates as well. Um, you can find Candice on Twitter at Candice is a Geek. Collectively, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Geeky Waffle. We are also at thegeekywaffle.com, and that's where you can find all of our shows, book reviews, TV recaps, including The Book of Boba Fett. And you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where we post things like our Waffles After Dark and where you can get access to our Discord server. So thank you all so much for listening. Justice for the Tuscans and may the waffles be with you.